0: You know, I've seen a lot of advertisements for the Jeep vehicles, but never have I seen a commercial saying that they can double as a submersible. Welcome to My Take. Well, it's not My Take, it's Miguel Crespo's take. Whatever. For inspiration to go. Welcome to My Take, Pastor Crespo here. My Take is your oasis of inspiration and hope in the desert of negativity and despair. I want to thank you for being a part of the My Take family. Thank you for joining the podcast. I want to just encourage you, as I always do, like, share, subscribe, you know, copy this link onto your own social media feeds. Let people know that the podcast exists. If you know anyone that is as sick and tired of all the negativity and all the arguing and all the stuff you hear on the news these days, people just can't get along. I mean, they argue over, the, they, they fight over the craziest things. If you want something that's positive, if you want something that maybe. You know, most times I'm trying to find something to laugh about if I can in a story. But even more important than that, if you want someone that would benefit, if you want someone that you believe they could benefit from some Bible wisdom, let them know about my take. Let them know that the podcast is here. I want to let you know that there is an email. If you want to get in touch with me, if you have any, actually any news articles that you'd like for me to use on this podcast, of course, I'm happy to check them out mytakemc at gmail.com that's mytakemc at gmail.com well let's get to the story i have one interesting one here you know they say that everything is bigger in texas i think i'm gonna have to say as well that everything seems to be a little weirder in texas here's a story here and that's a, a apology to my uh i have i have family out in texas sorry guys but once you hear this article, maybe you'll agree with me. All right, here's a story. Police, and this happened, this story comes out of Marion County in Texas. Police came to pull a Jeep out of a lake. They found a woman inside alive. That's right. Let me let me tell, let me share this story with you. So the story starts like this: that it started with a fisherman. He's out, you know, enjoying his his day out on the lake there, somewhere in Marion County. And uh he notices as he's, you know, getting his boat in the water that there is a Jeep in the water. Now, the Jeep is almost completely submerged. All you could see was the top of the roof kind of sitting at the surface there, just below the surface. And so, you know, of course, he was alarmed. He called the authorities. The story goes that, you know, they came, they brought a tow truck. They brought, uh, you know, of course, you'd bring a police officer on the scene there and they get out there with the boat to try and latch a cable onto this car so that they could pull the the Jeep out. Well, in that whole process of doing this, it turns out that when they went up to the Jeep, they started to think about how they're gonna connect it. They realized that there was somebody inside the Jeep. Not only was there someone inside the Jeep, this person was alive. That's right. Um, They do not have the name of the person. They did. They they kept her name back. Let me share with you some excerpts from this article. So, um, the jeep was far from shore. It was about forty feet into the water, at this uh, what they call the Woody's Camp Boat Ramp. The, uh, uh, you know, of course, once they realized that there was someone inside this jeep, this operation instead of being a salvage mission, it turned into a rescue mission. Now they had to, you know. Try and reach into the car, grab this female, pull her out. Obviously, you know they had to get her medical attention. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, she sur- she's alive. She survived. You know, now, I don't know about you, but as I hear this story, I just have a whole bunch of questions that come up into my mind that I I'm not sure how to answer. I mean, you know, how long was she in the water? Uh, how did she get there? And if you're in this jeep in the water. Why, why did you stay in the Jeep? Right? So there's not a whole lot of detail in this story. It says, of course, that, you know, they called an ambulance and she was kind of looked after. This is, there are some details. Let me show you what they, share with you what we have. So first of all, this woman who is nameless at this point, she was reported missing sometime around midnight that, so that night going into that day. Uh, So she was reported missing around midnight. They don't believe in in their investigation that there was foul play involved. I mean, it says here, um, let me read this article. As for how the Jeep came to be in the lake, the sheriff's department says that it hasn't turned up anything suspicious about the incident. The boat ramp the vehicle apparently used to drive into the lake sits after a slight curve from a long and roughly straight rural road. And the article ends, it says, there was nothing uncovered during the investigation to suggest that this case was anything more than an accident. Now, of course, if you read this story, you start to ask questions. One of the things is, you know, um, what really happened here? Was it an accident? Did this person drive into the lake on purpose? Uh, In other words, you know, sometimes this is a means that people use where they want to... um, you know, that maybe life becomes overwhelming and they decide they want to do something uh, final to deal with it, which, by the way, is exactly the wrong thing to do. But, um, you know, these things, we, we we do see these things. But according to authorities, they don't see anything that it tells them that there was anything that happened other than it being an accident. So uh, what we can assume is that here's this long rural road. Of course, if it's a rural road, there are no street lights. You're driving in the dark with just your headlights, so you're whipping down this road. Next thing you know, you end up, you don't realize that at the end of this road is a lake, and then you just plow right into the water. And who knows, maybe she crashed into the water, maybe became knocked herself unconscious, and then just sat there, and then somehow the timing was just right. But I want you to think of everything that's involved. Here's a person who takes this car into a lake, uh, in a jeep of all things because i i guess i would not have thought of a jeep as being able to hold water those things have those hard caps that snap on i mean there's the vent systems i i don't know listen i don't know how you can look at the story any other way and not see god's hand in this somehow even if we don't understand it but i want to i i i I want to share with you from the story what we always do here, and that is, what does the Bible take? What is the inspiration that can be drawn out of this story? Now, first of all, I would be curious to know what you think happened here. Send me send me what you think happened here, mc at gmail.com. I would be curious for you to know what you think about it. But was it an accident? Was it intentional? Do you think that it's incredible as well? Do you think that it's miraculous that this person submerged in a Jeep and survived. Now imagine uh, by the time the fishermen saw the vehicle in the water, it had to have been a while. So who knows an hour. Then you call the tow truck. This, it says in the story, it took about 20 minutes for a tow truck to show up. Then they had to wait for law enforcement to show up. And then this whole thing switches gears and they have to pull this lady out of the water. So she was in there for a little while and yet maintained some type of an air pocket, Didn't run out of air uh, and was able to be rescued. And this is just incredible. I would be curious to know what your take is on it. So, hey, maybe we can change your take with Miguel Crespo. Who knows? All right. Let Let me get to the Bible connection point. Let me get to something that hopefully we can draw some inspiration from. Because as I read this story, there are a couple of things that jump to mind. And one of the things is this. And that is that we have a story here where we may never know what really happened. Which reminds me of something that has to do with the Bible, and that is that some answers will have to wait until we get to heaven that's right i'm I'm making a jump here from this story to something a little bit maybe more personal, a little bit deeper. There are experiences in our lives that sometimes we just don't understand. we don't understand why it happened um there are things that 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 just will keep us up at night when we're trying to just understand the things that, that happen around us. You don't look for trouble. Trouble comes looking for you. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier mentally, even if you can say you made a mistake, but you can say there's a consequence as a result of a mistake. But when something happens that you just don't know why that, 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 that'll, that'll, that can, that can mess you up pretty bad. There's something I want to share with you. If you find yourself in that situation, I believe that God is good. No, I'm, I'm going to take that back. I, no, it doesn't matter what I believe. God is good. Even though there are times that I have gone through experiences where I haven't understood the answer or I haven't understood the why, it has. I have made my decision that I will not let my questions cause me to question the goodness of God. There are some things I'm going to have to wait till I get to heaven to find the answers for. Because you can't know everything here right now. That's one lesson that I draw from this is that sometimes, you know, you don't know what happens. You're going to have to wait. But it does not. It does not change the fact that God is still good. I'm telling you that one lesson, if you can walk away with that lesson, if you can share that with someone else. Don't ever judge God's goodness by the fact that you don't understand what's going on that will change your whole outlook. I mean, it has the capacity just to change your life. But that's one lesson that I wanted to point out here. But really, you know, I always like to find, is there is there a story in the Bible that can tie in with this news article? Is there something that that I can cross into Scripture with to pull a lesson out? And and yes, there is here. Here, here we have an, a news article about someone who, according to what authorities are telling us, was going down the road, until finally came to a place where they didn't even expect they were going to end up. And by the time they got there, then you had a giant problem on your hands. There is a story in the Bible. As a matter of fact, it is a story that Jesus told. Jesus told a story. We like to call it the story of the prodigal son. That's right. Let me tell you this story. Uh, I'll give you a, kind of the, the Cliff Notes version of this story. Jesus tells the story of a young man. He's part of a family that has some money, some some wealth. And one day he decides, I want to get my cut of the inheritance. And so he begs his father for his part of the inheritance, which in that culture amounts to the highest act of disrespect that you can do to your father. Because you're saying, I want what I'm going to get when you die now, saying, I wish you were dead. but. Anyway, Jesus continues the story. He says, "Okay, so the father gave him what he asked for, and this man proceeded to reject his father, reject his family, therefore, thereby rejecting their God, and he goes on his way. And as Jesus describes it, he was living riotously. In other words, he was he was partying. He he partied hard with the inheritance that he received from his dad. He had money. He had friends. He." Uh, did all sorts of things that, 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 you know, whatever he wanted to do until he came to a place where he had run out of his money. Now here we have this story of a young Israelite, a Jew from a wealthy family, finds himself with nothing. And the reason I mentioned that he's Jewish is that the end result, Jesus says, at the end of that man's road, he finds himself feeding pigs in a corral. The the most dishonorable thing that a Jew could find themselves doing, especially a wealthy Jew is feeding pigs because pigs are unclean. You're not supposed to touch it. According to the Bible, you should eat it. And so here he kind of, a, he got to the end of his road and he hit his lake. He finds himself in a horrible situation, but here's the thing in this story. Here's, here's something that I think can be maybe similar to the news article, but I want to drive this point home is that this young man, he got to the end of his dark road, found himself in a mess. He made the decision to turn around and go back home. And you know what happened? You know, this father that he disrespected, he disrespected his father. He took his things. He rejected his father's God. And the father had every right to punish him when he came back if he wanted to, to even stone him. But nope, Jesus says that when this father saw his son coming back on the road that he went down, he ran to meet him. He put his arms around him and happily accepted him back into the fold. You know, this news story reminds me of the prodigal son in that you you may find yourself going down this path that you think you're on. And it may even seem like a straight path. You know where you're going. But if it's a path, there's There's two different ones you can go on a path straight path toward God or you can try going on a straight path away from God. This young man took a straight path away from his father, found himself in a mess, but thankfully he was able to come back home and he was accepted. I want to drive that point home today to you if you are that somebody, if you know somebody. They're going down the road. They think they know where they're going. Everything seems good. It's clear. The road up ahead is straight. I know what's happening. And then all of a sudden, bam, you hit, I was going to say a brick wall, but I probably believe it would be better to say you hit this body of water. Splash. You go deep into this lake and now you're stuck in the middle of this mess. Oh, my friends. You can always, you can always go back home. I want to share a Bible verse with you. This comes from Jeremiah 31.3. God says, and he's speaking to Israel. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Now, this text, it's talking about God's everlasting love, but you got to put it in context. Je- Jesus, sorry. God. God was speaking to the Israelites, but this, this, this is in the middle of this history that Israel has with God, with loving him and being faithful one moment, and then not loving him and being unfaithful the next, up and down high and low, worshiping God, worshiping other gods, which the Bible says were demons. So one minute they'd worship God, next minute they'd worship demons, back and forth, up and down, in and out. But God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. The inference, what God is trying to say, and I think the point for us, my take, sharing with you, is that no matter what road you're on, God's love for you will never change. Even when you're making bad choices, even if you're on a road away from him, even if you're headed toward that proverbial lake, and you're going to be stuck in that body of water that can probably really bring destruction to you, God will still love you. Doesn't mean he agrees with you. But that love means it's there, and that love is that pull to talk to you and to call you to come back home. You can always come back home with God. You may not be able to come back home with people, But you can always come back home with God. That's my take. And that is Inspiration to Go.